The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome in, welcome in to the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs post-game show. It's time for our ninth victory party of the year. We hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's good to be back. Sterling Holmes, Matt Verderam, my name is Patrick Allen. We're here. Verderam, you were a little under the weather. They were asking about you at halftime. You manned up. They said Verderam needs to man man up and, and get in here. So why don't you uh, kick us off and give us your thoughts on this game? Right after this, I'm going to urgent care because I can't hear but um, I, look, I mean, yeah, I thought it was fine. I, you know, I'm not going to probably have the same emotional uh, outcome as I normally would. They were fine. They defensively, they played well. You know, they let the they let the Rams move it a little bit, but nothing serious. I mean, they had one drive the whole game. Um, I think offensively, they were just really conservative. They didn't want to make any big mistakes. That's fine. I thought in the red zone, I mean, Mahomes' pick, I don't know what happened. I don't know whether he was – there was a miscommunication or what he did, but that was a terrible throw. Um, you know, look, in the end, they won, they won by 16 points. Like, they, they were fine. It's a game they had to take off the schedule. It's a game they had to win. They did that. They're 9-2. and two. They gained a game on Baltimore, who shit its pants against Jacksonville. So, that, I mean, that helps. Um, I'm pretty sure they officially clinched over the Broncos now. I'm pretty sure that happened today. Uh, so, look, all, all in all, you know, it was a boring game. I'm not surprised at the way they played the game. It was fine. It was effective. They didn't get hurt. And now you go play what's the biggest game left on your schedule. Sierra Head Attic Podcast. We are brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. Casey Beer Co. Sterling's holding up a Casey Beer Co. Light. Fantastic brewery. Local to Kansas City. It's in the name. Uh, they're great friends of ours. They're actually going to be joining us in Kansas City on December 11th at Tanner's Bar and Grill. We're doing a live show. You guys got to join us out there. Check the link in the description or go to arrowheadaddict.com slash events. Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Casey Bierko, Tanner's Bar and Grill. I don't know what more you could want for a Sunday night football tilt between the Chiefs and the Broncos. We're going to be there. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be all kinds of giveaways and fun stuff. Shout out to um, Doug in Kansas. Uh, It's a win, baby. Uh, a win is a win, period. Uh, uh, and then uh, Doug in Kansas again. Feel better, Matt. So appreciate you, brother, for the Super Chats. All right, Sterling, give us your 50,000-foot view of this win for the Chiefs. Never apologize for a win. The Chiefs are 9-2, first place in the AFC West, in the AFC. Yeah, 
It was ugly. It was boring. That third quarter went by like that, but the Chiefs ended up covering the 15-and-a-half-point spread. They played against maybe a worse quarterback than uh, Malik Willis. Where do you saw how that game went? This is basically the Malik Willis-Tennessee Titans game number two. The Rams have a legitimately solid defense. Uh, the red zone struggles do concern me, but not to the extent that maybe other folks are freaking out about. Special teams, still a massive concern there. Uh, I don't think we'll see any more Sky Moore, but who knows? We thought we were done seeing him, and Dave Tobe said, screw it, let's put him back out there, and look what happened. I, I can't get too up in arms about this. The Chiefs won by 16. The defense looked good. Uh, Mahomes was up and down. I don't know what he was thinking on that interception. Uh, I did not like the trick play in the in the end zone. Just run it ahead with Pacheco. Do what you're doing. I mean, a win's a win. Can't be too upset. Yeah, I agree with Verderam. I, I think it was just – it was fine. Like, it was – they did what they were supposed to do. Made a couple mistakes here and there. That That is another NFL team over there. So, to expect – even though I would have liked to have seen complete and utter domination, to expect complete and utter domination, probably a little unrealistic. They did a fine job. As far as the Mahomes pick, I, I'll tell you what he was trying to do because I, I, I think I saw it pretty clearly on the replay right before they went to commercial. He was trying to throw a no-look pass to Kelsey, and he didn't see the defender. And he, and he also threw a terrible ball. He didn't throw it where he wanted to throw it. So oh. you know, they got cute down there, and they, and they paid for it. The one thing, like I don't like that turnover is annoying, but whatever. I'm not worried about that long. The one thing with this team, they've got to stop. They've got to stop this shit. It's just stuff on special teams. It, it just is got to, it's going to cost them in the playoffs. They're going to lose a game. They're going to go home because they can't feel the punt. Because on a play where everyone in the building knew the Rams might run a fake, the Chiefs are just completely unprepared for it. And then the next time the Rams at the punt, which is thankfully three plays later, the uh, I think it was Greg Olson was like, Oh, the Chiefs are in off coverage this time. They're looking for a fake. I'm like, that's great. That's great. It's just <laughs> come on. How man. many times? How many times does Dave Tobe have to be caught with his pants down before he finally realizes, like, put a belt on, man? I mean, how many yeah. times? How many times do they have to be caught with the pants down on special teams? 10, 15? Like, what's it gonna take this year? Well, and let me tell you guys, this is a special teams coordinator who's been so historically good for about a decade. I mean, the Chiefs, for the most part, have always finished top five, top three, occasionally number one. And this year has been a disaster in multiple fronts. Why do you think that is? I'm really confused by it because, you know, as we talked about at halftime, Sterling, this is this is Dave Tobe. Like he's been excellent his entire career. And it's hard for me to believe that. He's not telling these guys the right things. So if if you believe that Dave Tobe is telling the players the right things, then the players are not executing. And you have to wonder why isn't the message getting through to them that, hey, these guys are desperate. Watch out for the fakes. Watch out for the onside kicks, all that but, stuff. But again, the Sky Moore thing, why is he even back there? Like, how many fucking times does this have to happen? Yeah. How dense are you? Get him out of the like. Look, I was all for early in the year. He muffed the punt. Hey, look, you got to put him back there. You can't just have a quick. How many punts has he muffed now? Five, four, five. I mean, this has gone on and on and on. And then Watson comes in there, catches it like it's nothing, and just jogs off the field. <laughs> no, he gave a pump, a fake pump. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, he I gave a, a fake pump up. <laughs> I am to the point. Like, what are we? What are we doing? I mean, this is this is honestly. It's it's got to the point of last year when the Chiefs would just put Ben Neiman out there and Dan Sorensen. 
And you're like, this is impossible. This is impossible. Like, how dumb are you? Put anyone else out on the field. That's where we're at now with this. Sky Moore is having a couple good games as a receiver. As a returner, he is me. Okay? Stop putting him back there. Like, I was going to have an aneurysm when he fumbled that punt. Like, it's yeah. just – it's now, granted, their defense stepped up. They, they stopped, but, like, that's the kind of crap that is the only way you're going to lose a game like today. So they lost the Colts. Just a million errors. And against the Bengals, if he's back there trying to field the punt next week and he does that, that's seven points. Like, that's the kind of stuff they got away with it today, but not being prepared in an obvious fake situation. Fumbling a punt. I, I don't even put it on Sky Moore at this juncture. I put it on the coaches. No, it's coaches. Stop yeah. putting him back there. Well, do you think so? Unbelievable how dense it is. Well, some of that is Tony obviously being injured, McCall okay. Hardman obviously yes. being injured. No I, doubt. I, I'm also team, you know, Watson myself. But the point is, do you think some of this was Sky Moore's done it this season as bad as he's been? Dave Tobe in that instance trusts trust him as the third string punt returner. But I mean, what is what has he done? What has he done other than drop the ball? Right. It, it, I look, mean, put Colin Saunders back there. I don't give a shit. Put anybody back there other than the guy who muffs the ball every single time comes to him. Like it is just, it is maddening. I, it's the dumb. It's like when they ran that flea flicker at the four yard line. You're like, oh my god. Like right. you can't possibly be this stupid. You cannot. Like now, look. That ends up being an incompletion. Fine. What if that's a play where one guy on the Rams is aware of it and screams Mahomes when the ball is coming back to him? Or it's a fumble. It's backwards. Yeah. It's just like some of this stuff. You know, it's a moot point. They won the game. But it, but it's a moot point today. Will it be a moot point in a month? Like they're trying to get a one seed. It, like Stuff like that, it doesn't matter today. We can talk about all the good things. They won the game. They played very well defensively. But God almighty, some of this is not that complicated. It really isn't. Put a dude back there who doesn't fumble the ball every time. Try that. See how it works out for you. Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam, and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I. I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And listen, when it comes to punt returns, period, the Chiefs are averaging before with every up until this game, six and a half yards per punt return. Just fair catch the ball. Like you've got Patrick Mahomes, right? All season long, you're you're averaging six and a half yards. It's not worth it. It's not worth the extra the extra six and a half yards that you're averaging on punt returns. You don't have Tyree Kill back there, right? He can't even catch the ball. Right. Yeah. If, so, like, I mean, if, if you're in fact, he can't catch it. If you're in a situation where uh, you know you it, it's a tight game and you need every opportunity and you've got McCole Harbin, okay, fine. But otherwise, just put Watson back there and just fair catch the damn ball. Mahomes will get you six yards immediately after that, and you'll be fine. But I agree with you, and I hate to focus on the negative early in a victory party podcast, but like it's it's not just the the the, the fumbles, but it's the other things that we've talked about time and time again on this podcast. Catching the ball, trying to trying to you know return punts inside the five yard line instead of letting it roll into the end zone. Constantly bringing it out of the end zone. The Chiefs are on on uh, returning kicks, returning kickoffs this year. They're averaging eighteen point nine yards per carry. Their opponents are averaging twenty three point eight. Like it just take the damn touchback. Like unless they force you to return it. By, by kicking it extremely short, just take the touchback. You start on the 25. That'll make up for all those six-and-a-half-yard punt returns that you get. It's just it's – just, and that, that is on the coaching. That is on the coaching. They should know better. They should know what the statistics are, and they should be playing those things. No, 100% agree. I, I've been team, just let it go. Don't put anyone back. But let's talk about some of the positives. Uh, let's start with Isaiah Pacheco. While the yards per carry weren't great when you but you know boil it down, right? What was it, 22 carries, 61 yards around there. He ran angry. He ran tough. He, he ran through an Aaron Donald arm tackle, which is very impressive. What did you guys take away from Isaiah Pacheco in this game? Is he now for sure the lead RB1? He's been that for yeah. three weeks. Like, yeah. yeah, he is. He is. I mean, I you know, he was fine today. Look, they, the Rams, one thing they are good against is the run. And a lot of the runs that he had were runs where they were obviously going to run the ball. Like, I, I don't care that his average wasn't great. I, you know, they a lot of those runs came in the second half when the Chiefs were trying to just 
end the game, you know, shorten the game. He was fine. He didn't fumble. You know, he got yards where he had, you know, had opportunities to get him. Like to me, he did his job. I know, like offensively, I don't even have problems the way they play. Other than other than Mahomes just picking the end zone, which I, I don't know what the hell that was. Other than that, I don't have a problem with the way they played. They played a very conservative game, and they should have, because I think in their mind they figured, look, as long as we don't beat ourselves, we're not losing this game. Like play field position, kick some field goals, it's fine. I got, I really felt that thirteen to three, the game was over. I, I just didn't think the Rams were going to be able to score twice. Um, I don't have a problem with the way they play. The special teams drove me insane. Other than that, I thought they were fine. I really did. I mean, defensively, look, you're going to really get upset with them for what? I mean, they gave up 10 points. Like, they were fine in the game. They forced a couple of picks when they needed them late to seal the game. You know, they had sacks. They got pressure. They, they were good. I mean, the, the, the offense and the defense to me were fine today. I, I didn't have any problem with the way either side of the ball played. They were safe. They were conservative, but they were fine. I, I agree. I thought Pacheco ran really well. And the average is a little bit of a misnomer because if you watched yeah, him yeah. run early in the game, he was getting five-yard runs, seven-yard runs pretty regularly, running hard, hitting holes. The end of the game, he had, we talked about it at halftime. He only had six carries at the half, finished with 22. A lot of that was mop-up duty, just running out the clock when they knew that and he was going to run. And this is a good, this is a yep. good defense with a good defensive line. And he did a nice job. Offensively, the Chiefs had 437 yards of, of total offense. So, I mean, you know, I don't know how you can be upset about that. Again, this is a game where the the Rams knew that they needed to win with defense. That was their their only chance in this game was to make plays. Aaron Donald's out there. I thought, by and large, the offensive line held up pretty well with Aaron Donald. Um, I thought Mahomes moved well in the pocket for most of the game and, and generally made good decisions. Uh, with the ball, I've really enjoyed watching his maturation in the pocket this year. That was a big thing for him where last year, especially when everybody was dropping everyone into coverage, Mahomes would struggle. He would The first sign of trouble, he would take off. And this year he's moving up in the pocket and it's opening up a lot of plays for guys like Noah Gray and Jarek McKinnon. Verter, and by the way, I like how you let everyone know you're sick, right? Let them know. Get, get that cough in there. Get some I don't, sympathy I don't think points. I can hide it. I mean, I, I look like worse than I normally do. And uh, it's hard to do. No. I, oh, God, this has been a fun week. But I'm glad the Chiefs won and didn't make us all sweat it out. I've sweat enough this week. <laughs> With the offensive line, what did you guys take away? It looked like for the most part, outside of the first drive, they did a really solid job in pass protection. Uh, as the game wore on, especially in the red zone, it felt like they weren't winning. And, and that's what's so frustrating. You, you, you think these guys, with as much strength and as much effort they've put into rebuilding this O-line, right? Why aren't they winning one-on-one matchups? Why aren't they getting a big push in the red zone, letting Isaiah Pacheco get into the end zone? That is something I've noticed. I don't know if you guys have noticed that as well. I don't know if you guys are, are nervous about the lack of push in the run game occasionally, especially in the red zone. Where do you guys stand here? I mean, I think a lot of it is just when you're down the red zone, you know, you you don't have a numbers advantage when you run the ball. And, you know, the Rams, the one thing they're good at defensively, they're very good in the red zone and they're good against the run. So you combine those two things. There's a re- the Rams are good in a phone booth defensively. The problem with the Rams is they can't cover anybody, which the Chiefs threw the ball on them constantly the whole game. I mean, I, I'm not surprised the Rams were able to, to buck up a little bit on, on short yardage and in the red zone. But – 
Again, I think part of it too is, listen, you got Donald who you have to count for him on every play with multiple guys. That's going to make everybody else around them better because now everybody else has got one-on-ones. It might have been on leverage. And, and the Rams are shooting downhill 100 miles an hour in the second half because the Chief, you know it's coming. Like, the Chiefs are just going to run the ball. They don't care. Like, I, I again, I really had – um, I really just had no concern with the way the offense played. I mean, yeah, I would have liked them to be better in the red zone. They've been great in the red zone all year. Like, I – I can't get concerned about something that hasn't been a problem all year. And then today they play this like ultra conservative game where I think the Chiefs, rightfully so, didn't want to make a huge mistake. I don't think they want to throw a pick six or have Mah- I, Frankly, by the way, I don't know if anybody else noticed this. I'm sure some of you, some of you guys did. They were rotating out Kelsey and Schmidt Schuster a lot in this game. Yep. Like a lot. Even when the game was early. They. They wanted to try to limit snaps of guys. They did the same thing with Chris Jones, by the way. A lot of get those guys out, man. If they can take away 20, 25 hits off the body, do it. They're not dumb. They know who they're playing right now, and they know who they're playing next Sunday. They're aware of it. They know what they need to do. They wanted to do enough to win that game, and they did. And now you move forward. They're 9-2, and two, and they got help today in the conference. Which that's nice as well. Yeah, I mean, you got to be happy with the offensive line play in this game. Going up against an absolute game wrecker like Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald had three tackles, no sacks. The Rams had no sacks. And this is a game where you didn't have Joe Tooney on the interior. So, you know, Al Gretti's fine. It helps he's playing with, with Creed Humphrey there. But, like, they did, a, they did a great job. They had a good game plan to slow him down. I mean, you remember what happened the last time these teams played in an absolute classic where nobody played any de- any any deep any pass defense, and Aaron Donald got to Mahomes a lot, and was a real you know made a real impact on that game. Not tonight, obviously, totally different Rams team, especially on offense. But you have to like what you see there from the Chiefs' offensive line that has struggled at times this season, and it's I think speaks to the strength of the interior of that line. We get a couple super chats. Um, Thanks to our guy, TBT Chiefs Football Podcast. Pacheco was great today. Like how uh, we are running the ball and the three tight end sets are really working right now. And revenge game coming up against the Bengals. Um, and Rhett, Rhett uh, Frigo says, uh, why would any team punt the ball out of bounds versus us? Makes us feel the punt cleanly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't, I wouldn't blame them for that. Um, so a couple of things I wanted to get to. Um, with the red zone woes that they had in this game, I know Vertorim, you said you're not too worried about it. I I actually kind of think it was a little bit of a good thing um, for them to have a little bit of, of a struggle in the red zone because they really need to execute down there and they're gonna and they're gonna certainly need to execute down there next week against the Bengals. So do you guys think it's sometimes it's good to have a little bit of adversity, particularly in a game that maybe wasn't that hard for you to win, so that you have something to work on during the week and you make sure that you're you're sharp and focused down there? It was fine. I, you know, <laughs> maybe it's the flu. I don't know. I, you know what? I like. I, I think it's. I think it's fine that they had some adversity. Like I. I don't know. Is Mahomes going to throw a lot of no look picks in the end zone? Like I. I got to be honest with you. I, I know. Like this is. I think sometimes with them, I really believe this. Like, they looked up and saw the Rams and were like, whatever, and then just pretty <laughs> much went out there and were like, we're going to win. Like I remember. Look, okay. I never played anywhere near the level of the NFL. Like the highest level I ever played for any sport was high school, like varsity high school. Okay. We played in a hockey league, in a state league, where you played teams that were really, really good. 
And then the teams at the bottom of the league, like you pretty much knew if you laced up your skates, like you were going to win eight, nine, nothing. Like that's just what it was going to be. And on games like that, I got to be honest with you, we practiced all week and like we, but like we knew, like we're going to kill this team. I mean, there was like, there was definitely in the back of your mind, you're like, man, how many points can I get tonight? Because my girlfriend up in the stands tonight, like, can I, can I score a hat trick? Can I do it in a period? Can we score 10? Like, that's what you thought about. You were like, where are we going after? Like, Verderam's always thinking about scoring. Just always <laughs> thinking about scoring. It's, it's all about it's all about on the ice. You know, Holmes, you, you, you monster. Look, Degenerate. But I, the, the point is, like, there was like, – and I'm sure these guys, like, they're professionals, right? They're professional athletes. They're, this is their job. I'm not trying to equate it to a high school game. But what I am equating it to is you're human. There's a little part of you that's got to be like, you know, like, like does Andy call that play where they're running a frigging flea flicker at the four if they're playing the Bengals? Probably not. But it's like, yeah, let's try to have some fun, get it in there. What the hell? Like, I don't agree with it, but I get it. Like, Mahomes throwing that pass. Does he do that in the Super Bowl? Probably not. But it's like, it's the rant. Like, so what if I turn? Who the hell cares? Like, we're just going to get the ball back anyway. I, I do think there's a little bit of that. They're human. And, you know, they, they still won the game and covered a, a 15 and a half point spread. So it's hard to be too upset over it. I think they just wanted to get Butker <laughs> some short yardage work. They wanted to make sure he's good from short yards. <laughs> we'll go I mean, with that. <laughs> look pretty good. Uh, that's what you want to see uh, after all the struggles that they've had. Finally, no missed kicks in this game. Um, and as you guys mentioned, uh, with Isaiah Pacheco, not only did he run well, but I wanted to point out one thing about him that I thought was was really interesting. When he got that that late hit, I mean, he got absolutely lit up. He was about two yards out of bound. Right. Um, Mar- uh, Marcus Jones hit him. He stayed down for a minute, and he got up, and he like he always does after every run. By the way, brings a lot of energy to the team. Got up and and took off like a bullet. And when he he was running right towards Marcus Jones, and I was like, oh god. Like <laughs> he ran right by him. I don't know if he said anything to him. Might might have had some words for him, but ran right back to Mahomes. And I think for a rookie, from a maturity standpoint, like that's an easy spot to be just pissed off. Get up, go get in that guy's face, shove him. Maybe you get a personal foul penalty, set your team back. But what I like about Pacheco is every run he has, whether it's you know for a yard, five yards, ten yards, he 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 comes out of that run. He hops up with with enthusiasm. I like. That kind of thing is contagious to watch a guy out there that just like wants to play football. He wants to play football. He doesn't want to get into any drama, get in people's faces. He wants to let his play do the talking. What do you think about Pacheco from a maturity standpoint, Sterling? Well, just really quickly, I think Pacheco, Sky Moore, uh, some of the other young guys that have not made or have won a Super Bowl yet, this is what the Chiefs needed. They needed mm-hmm. some dudes who were hungry, who were enthusiastic, who have not won a Super Bowl. Juju Smith-Schuster, for example. Bringing him in, how much energy does he show after a first down? He's excited. These are guys who have not been to the pinnacle yet. I think we may have seen some uh, lethargy, so some some lethargic action from players who have already won a Super Bowl. Uh, they've been there. We're the best. I already got my ring. Let's let's make some money. These guys have not got their ring yet. I think that's something to keep in mind. I think they did a good job injecting young talent as well as guys who have not been there yet. But when it comes to Pacheco, you're right. That was a very mature thing to do. Uh, some of his uh, pass-catching ability was on display tonight. That's something we've not seen from the majority of the season, as well as Ronald Jones, by the way, who everyone always likes to say he has no hands. He had a nice little uh, 
little re- reception himself in his own right. But with Pacheco, yeah, he, he's very mature. And I like seeing that from a young guy. I don't know if it's an Andy Reid. You know, we've not seen a ton of extracurricular activities compared to, uh, let's say, like the Raiders, the Bengals, other teams known for that. So I don't know if that's on Andy Reid or Pacheco, but either way, you got to give your, your, your hat off to a rookie being that smart. Yeah, absolutely love it. Let's talk about the defense a little bit and how they played in this game. Look, a little bit of an easier assignment for them going up against a guy making, you know, his first start. Um, but I thought they I thought they did a nice job. With the exception of that one drive where, you know, the, the guy made some plays with his legs. I mean, can you just – what can we say about Legereus Sneed? Great interception by him, running around all over the place, putting pressure on the quarterback. Is he – with? After Chris Jones, is he the best player on this defense? Yes. Yes. And it's not close. Yes. But, uh, you know, I I thought defensively, like, they got pressure. Carl Loftus got his first full sack. Um, Dunlop played well. Clark, by the way, in another game. He did not get a sack. Frank Clark was everywhere in that game. He's he was everywhere. terrific. Like, I've been the first one of the best Frank Clark. Frank Clark, the last three, four games he's played, has been the best he's been in probably four years. Like, he's been everywhere. Um They've been, you know, they look, they, they're, they're from, I mean, Sneed's been spectacular. I'm glad he was able to come out of the, the, you know, the concussion test that they had to do for him there. Um, I'm glad Gay and Cook are all right. Jeez, I, that, that hit looked nasty when they hit each other helmet to helmet. But all told, I thought defensively they were really good. I mean, you know, the Rams, look, I don't care who you're playing. Every once in a blue moon, some team's going to be able to move the ball here or there. But I mean, the Chiefs, what did they give up today? 170 yards? Something like that. I mean, the Rams did nothing in that game, so I, I wasn't too uh, over over stunned. One hundred ninety eight. I mean, big deal. Who cares? Um, you know, I thought the defense played really well. They got pressure. They they got a couple of picks. Um, you know, I, I give. I'll say this. I give Perkins one thing. He was slippery. You know, was, at times he he really made the Chiefs earn it. Um, he actually made a couple of pretty good throws. I mean, nothing crazy, but made a couple of nice throws and. You know, the bottom line is, um, I really, I think in the end, you know, they, they, they played well. And Jeff, I don't know what you're talking about, but, but Sneed's Snead, fine. He just played the whole second half of the game. Um, so, I, unless unless I missed something that Andy just said, I, well, I can't imagine why I wouldn't be playing. He just played the whole end of the game. Um, so, I'm not, he not was, sure. He was, Jeff, he was examined for a concussion. He came back to the beginning he of the second back. half. Yeah, yeah. He, got uh, he had a ticket at the end of the fourth quarter. Seven tackles, an interception, a tackle for a loss, two pass defense, including that bat down, almost had a sack. I mean, Legereus Need, he's everywhere. He does it all. It's incredible how much of an impact he can make on a game in different roles. Legereus Need is what Tyron Matthew was the first two years for Kansas City. You don't know what he's going to do. And that's what's so impactful. The fact that the Chiefs have – you can trust Trent McDuffie, uh, Joshua Williams – uh, if you want to say you can trust Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill to an extent, it frees up Legereus Need to do his own thing. It tr- it allows Spags to send him as an extra blitzer sometimes. That's what's so impactful is trusting the youth and the other guys in the secondary. It opens up Legereus Need. Yeah, he's he's terrific. He is a little bit of a Swiss Army knife for them. And and speaking of great defensive players on the Chiefs, like we got to I think shout out Nick Bolton again leads the team in tackles, comes up with another clutch interception. I believe that's the second of the year. I, I predicted before the season, I thought that Willie Gay Jr. would have four interceptions. 
He's letting me down. He still hasn't gotten one yet. And it's maybe I was just would pick the long, the wrong linebacker. It's Nick Bolton. He's halfway home with a with a few games to play. Burger, I'm talking about what Nick Bolton means to this defense. By the way, um, and I will. Allen Robinson. It just was announced as I need season-ending surgery on his foot. Uh, he didn't even play, and he's got hurt for the Rams. He's out for the year, so needs a screw in his foot. Uh, not ideal. What does Nick Bolton mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's. He's the the heartbeat of that defense in a lot of ways. I mean, he's right down the middle. And, you know, he's played really well the last month. I think he stepped up. Getting Willie Gay back certainly helps. Um, you know, having Chris Jones in front doesn't hurt either. Between he and Saunders. Um, look, Bolton is a tone setter for them. And he's he's a guy that he's got to be the leading tackler every week. I mean, that's that's the job. You know, you got you're getting the ball funneled to you. You gotta go, you gotta range, you gotta make plays, you gotta be able to go all four directions. He does that. Um, he played very well today, even beyond his pick. So um I think it's it's one of those things where, you know, he and Gay form a very dynamic duo in the middle of the field. And they're gonna need every bit of that this upcoming week against Cincinnati. Because I'll tell you what, I watched this night play Tennessee. They didn't have Mixon. They didn't have Chase. And you better believe Chase is going to be there on Sunday. Okay. The Bengals lined up, and they played smash mouth with Tennessee. They were willing mm-hmm. to run it right at them. The Chiefs are going to have to answer that bell. That's something that they're going to try to do to Kansas City, even with Chase on the field. So um, that's where Bolton comes in. Bolton's a huge part of that, and and he's 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 brought the hammer the last month or so. The only thing I'll say with Nick Bolton is I was a little confused why they had him was on 2-2 Atwell. They had him on a shifty slot wide receiver a couple of times in this game, and you're sitting here going, why? I know he got beat, and so folks were on Twitter saying, you know, Bolton, what are you doing in coverage? That's on Spags. That, that, that's a situation where you cannot put Nick Bolton in what his weakest asset is to the team on a guy like 2-2 Atwell or any sort of shifty wide receiver. That's not on Bolton. That's a scheme in my opinion, that that's more on Spags and Nick Bolton. But for the most part, Nick Bolton, I don't understand the hate he's gotten over the past month. I think he's looked really, really good. Uh, he's now had two interceptions late in games that clinched the game. Uh, leading tackle, like you mentioned, the tackle for loss. I think just having Willie Gay Jr. back, they trust each other. I know Verderam, I bring this up almost every single week. Uh, the conversation you and Patrick had with Brett Veach, how Willie Gay Jr. actually wanted Brett Veach to draft Nick Bolton because he knew it would bring out the best in both of those guys. And that's what you're seeing. It's Batman and Robin, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr. I love watching them grow. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of another defensive player who has shown up really big for the Chiefs, we got to talk about Carlos Dunlap. I I feel like he's been on the field. I haven't checked the snap counts, but I feel like he's been getting on the field more and more as the season has gone on. And he just always seems to be he's either around the ball. He's a monster. He's really tall. And he's batting down balls like crazy. Gets one leads to an interception, usually harassing the quarterback. How big might he be down the stretch for the Chiefs as they go up against some of these top offenses like Cincinnati and then in the playoffs? They're all going to be big. They all got to do their jobs. Um, you know, the Chiefs, it becomes harder to blitz when you're playing teams like Cincinnati who have these elite receivers and elite quarterbacks. And, and you know, you're singling out guys up in the backfield and it's a lot of rookies and – you're taking the chances. I mean, the touchdown today with the Rams, why did it happen? Because the Chiefs miscommunicated on the back end. There was a switch, and the Chiefs didn't switch. And nobody knew who the hell was taking the inside receiver. It was too late. So, 
you know, look, that's going to be something to, to monitor. That's going to be something that the Chiefs are going to have to continue to try to get more out of Dunlop, who's been very good for him. They're going to need more out of Carl Loftus, who I, I honestly think has played very well for them, despite having a sack and a half. Um, and Jones is going to have to continue to be great. They're going to need him. Um, one thing that I, I, I know right now, some of the players are talking for the Chiefs, and just quick note that I think is interesting. Uh, according to Harold Kunz, who does a, a great job covering the Chiefs and a million other things over at Fox 4KC, um, quote from Mahomes, especially in the red zone, I didn't have a particularly good game. It didn't have a good game. I've got to take out the one dumb play that I make every game. Um, yep. And uh, he's been reading through a lot of these quotes, very, very critical of himself uh, throughout, talking about how, how much he's got to play better. Um, not, not like good, Zach Wilson. Not good for Cincinnati. Because <laughs> any time, any time he talks like this and they, you know, he, the next game, he's like Jesus Christ in cleats. So good luck. Um, I'll t- I will say this. I don't, I don't want to change the – but if there's ever a game – like I've seen people already in the chat. Like I get where you're coming from. Or like if they play like this next week, bro, they ain't playing like this next week. I would bet my mortgage, your mortgage, the guys down the street mortgage, I, I your kid's college fund. Like if there's anything I know about this team – if there's one game on the whole schedule from beginning of the season to the end of the season that if you told them you could hang 50, which games are going to be? Oh, it's that game. Like, now look, Cincinnati's really good. I'm not guaranteeing they're going to win. But, like, if, if there's a game they will be laser-focused on all week long, oh, it's going to be Cincinnati. I mean, they are going to want blood like nobody's business in that game. So – I do not think you have to worry about the Chiefs looking like the way they played today. This is this was like get this the hell out of the way and win the game. Game. Yeah, that's what this next week is. Remember the AFC Championship game? Remember that? Remember, you know, think about if we see them again. You want to make an impression? That they they will I don't win or lose. They will be ready for next weekend's game. Yeah. Last I checked, they were favored. This is before this weekend. They were favored by three. Remember, they're on the road in Cincinnati. So um, they're pretty significant favorites because they're on the road. Um, I I love how Mahomes, by the way, owns up for his one extremely poor decision in the red zone. And then Zach Wilson, who's in his second year, not had anything to hang his hat on, puts up three points. They lose. And it's like, no, not my fault. Not my fault. Can't be me. Like, this yeah. is what separates, I think, not obviously the play, but the mindset. Mahomes winning by 16 and saying, I have to play better. That's what a leader does. That's a, that's a great point. I was thinking that when, when Verderam was talking about it and, and Zach Wilson getting inactive today, and he may have lost his job permanently. Oh, this season. Yeah. Mike they White. 31. They, Mike they White put came 31 out and, points. Yeah, look, that Jets team – They'll be there in the playoffs. If, if, if Mike White takes care of the football, which he didn't do well the last time he had a chance to play, they've got weapons on offense. They've got a good defense. Like they, I wouldn't want to run into them if, they, if they've got a competent quarterback. So, um, yeah, Zach Wilson better get used to that bench because there's no way they're putting him back in if, if Mike White keeps throwing like that. Um, before we get into that, and I want to talk about the Bengals a little bit and the landscape of the AFC and what happened this week. But we got to give out some Arrowhead, so let's give out some hardware. Uh, by the way, it's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. If you like this podcast and you're watching live on YouTube, do us a solid. Hit that thumbs up button. 
like and subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on Apple. Do all that stuff if you like some solid Chiefs content that we deliver. And again, we're going to be in Kansas City in a couple weeks, December 11th for Sunday Night Football, Chiefs Broncos at Tanner's Bar and Grill. Head over to arrowheadaddict.com slash events or check out the link in this description. There's an Eventbrite. You can reserve a ticket. It doesn't guarantee you a seat. You still have to get there early just like everybody else and get a table at Tanner's. But what it does get you is five extra raffle tickets, and we're going to be giving away a ton of shit. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be playing some bets together. It's going to be an absolute blast. So make sure you get that ticket on your phone. There is a limited amount. You get those extra raffle tickets and more information to come, but it's going to be great food, great fun. Vertoram is going to have the barbecue meat sweats the entire time. I'm glad you got sick now, Vertoram, so you didn't, so you're not oh, sick in Kansas City. <laughs> I prefer not to have it at all. I, on Tuesday, I was sitting here. I'm like, kind of felt like crap at night. But like, ah, I'm all right. Woke up on Wednesday. Woof. I mean, we, they could, just couldn't do it. I tell you, I, I I had the chicken pox when I was in high school. Okay. I, I missed three weeks of school. I had 106 at one point. Like, that's the Ooh. sickest I've ever been. I thought I was going to die. All right. The sickest. This is second. Like, just, I'm on the other side of it right now, even though my ears fucking killing me but other than that i'm fine like thursday wednesday and thursday it was like coma vertoram like, i maybe was awake for like five hours of those two days it just and it's like one of those things and i'm sure everybody here has had this happen you wake up and it's like somebody threw a pail of water on you like you've just sw- it's just everywhere and you're like but you're you're too shot to even get up you're like i don't care and like you just roll over, you're like oh my god! Now like you have to get up. You're stripping the shit. Oh my god! What a disaster! This has been a tire fire. But I am with. I am glad. Look, I, I missed out on Thanksgiving with blows, but I am glad that I, I, I knock on any piece of wood you can find should be good for KC. Um, although I will tell you, I woke up on Friday and I was like feeling like marginally, like just a little bit better. And my wife came upstairs. She's like, fridge died. Like, awesome. Only saving grace is Black Friday. Yeah. All the blows. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Here's the dimensions. Bring any fridge you got. I don't care. Uh, Black Friday, more like blackout when you get here. I bet you lost about 15 pounds. Old boy's going to have three beers. Oh, I'm, I'm buying you. News. I'm buying you two rumplement shots, and Vertoram's oh. about to be like, just talking cheese from 1984, talking about your experiences. I can't wait. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm going to be like two Michelob Ultras in face down on the yeah. bar. I probably have lost a lot of weight. I thought you hell. But uh, yeah, listen, listen the, bot, the bottom line is uh, we're, we're getting there. Uh, hopefully back at work tomorrow, I think, I hope, in full capacity. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just been like writing my column has felt like running a marathon mentally. Like you're, I'm so yeah. tired that I'll, like, I'll write like a paragraph. I'm like, oh, oh. And I got to like refocus and then uh, yeah. and whoever's got to edit that tonight, God bless you. <laughs> well, listen, if you want some good news, no team in the NFL has won more games this season than the Kansas City Chiefs. How about that? How about that? A um, couple other uh, nine win teams out there over in the NFC, but the Chiefs have done their job and, and they're a kicker away from from being 10 and 1 right now. Um so let's give out some arrowheads for this Chiefs Rams game. Sterling, why don't you kick us off? Juju Smith-Schuster's back shoulder throw. That reception. Mahomes to Juju, if they get on that connection, 
that was Aaron Rodgers MVP Devonte or um, Devonte Adams esque, right? If you're on the same page on a back shoulder throw, it is virtually impossible to defend. That was a huge step in a crucial moment where Mahomes went to Juju's back shoulder and it looked easy. Juju didn't play a lot this game, but that one play really stood out to me. I'm excited to see that connection grow as the season progresses. I, I think we'll have some a moment in the playoffs where that play comes up and he comes down with the ball. We're going to look back and say, yes, that's it right there. I agree, man. That's really exciting to see. Any, any receiver that Mahomes can get, even in the stratosphere of the, the relationship that he has with Travis Kelsey, that's really deadly for an opposing defense. Because if he's, and we've talked about the sort of the similarities between the, the way that he throws the ball to Juju Smith Schuster and the way that he works with Travis Kelsey, that's just bad, bad news for defenses. And I also really like what he has started to develop with Sky Moore. Another five catches for Sky Moore in this game. Uh, he's out there showing that he belongs on the field. Verderam, who gets arrowheads from you? Uh, Sneed, who I thought was terrific, and Butker, who made all of his kicks, and none of them were even close to the post. So um, I thought those guys played really well. And I'd also shout out, by the way, the interior of the offensive line. Like, Donald did nothing in that game. And if you're going to shut that guy down, you're doing something. I don't care. Double him, whatever. There are plenty of games that guy gets doubled and nobody stops him anyway. So – uh, those would be the people I'd, I'd look at and say they really deserve uh, an extra bit of credit. Let us know in the chat who gets arrowheads from you guys. Uh, hand out some hardware with us. Um, you know, I'm going to give one to MVS for this game. Four catches, 56 yards um, on five targets. He's been slowly coming along, maybe not at the rate that Juju Smith-Schuster has, but he's contributing plenty to this offense in a, in a game where – they needed some guys to make some plays. And as Verderan pointed out, they were rotating guys in and out, trying to limit the punishment, taking care of Juju Smith-Schuster's dome, all that stuff. Uh, love that that MVS is continuing to step up and make plays for this team. Um, and then uh, I'm going to give one to Justin Watson, who's just like doing the little things for this team, you know, sure. has a couple catches here and there as a, sort of a reliable guy. And they, they run into some trouble with, with the, the punt returns. He goes out there, does his job. Not big, not flashy, but they somebody that they can turn to that they rely on, that's really important. On the defense side of the ball, I'm giving one to Frank Clark. He was I, – I thought it was one of the best games I've seen him play in a long time. Not only was he getting off the ball and timing his jump really well, he was playing the run really well. I, I, I saw him break down, wait for the play fake to happen, stay – you know, hold the edge. He was doing a nice job, particularly in the first half. He looked really um, athletic and fast off the ball, which I haven't seen from him in a while. And that's uh, that's pretty exciting to see. We, we heard about the weight loss and all that stuff in the offseason, and we thought, like, okay, is this going to be the best version of Frank Clark? Didn't sort of materialize early in the season, and then he had the suspension. But there were a couple snaps in that game where he just blew right by the left tackle uh, of the Rams, and uh, that's, that's definitely contributing – to this team with another three sacks in this game. Um, I'm not sure where they stand across the whole NFL, but the last second since the bye week, it's been like five sacks, three sacks, five sacks, three. Uh, I don't know how much more you can ask for. Can we talk about Mahomes' sidearm throw, by the way? I feel like it gets lost in the shuffle because we're so used to seeing Mahomes just do magical <laughs> things week in and week out. No other quarterback makes that play. 
that's either getting batted down or it's a throwaway. Most quarterbacks, and typically, you're almost hoping Mahomes just throws the ball out of bounds. He's like, nah, I'm going to fire one like a shortstop for a 12-yard gain in a first down. That, to me, was incredible. We need to talk more about that because if any other quarterback in the past, I don't know, half century of Chiefs football makes that play, we're, we're, we're talking about it for months. Yeah. Mahomes does it, and we're sitting here going, yeah, fine throw. That was nice. Also, we got to get into the AFC picture and all that stuff, but I have to bring this up because this is not a Chiefs thing, but it, it has to be brought up. Did anybody else see the uh, the statue of Sean Taylor that was unveiled today in Washington? I didn't see it, no. <laughs> this is like – tell me this isn't more offensive than if they just didn't do anything. I'm going to drop this into the chat here. Um uh, in the private chat, and then I, I, it can be disseminated out the regular chat. So I, I have no idea how the hell to do that. Um, but look at this thing. It's not a statue. It, it is apparently in Washington. Oh, my God. Is that, is that not just a fucking mannequin with a helmet? There's, there's, not a mannequin. Even a there's no like, arms or legs. It's, it's just a jersey. That's literally, they're like, that's it. There it is. Oh, man. I mean, tell me if you're a family member of that of that poor poor individual slain tragically fifteen years ago, like you're like I would honestly I'd be like, just take it the fuck down. Like uh, just seriously, just take it down. Like it's less insulting to just to just let's just put him in the ring of honor, call it a day. Like they couldn't be bothered to commission an actual statue, which by the way. Many teams have statues of people they're honoring or players are honoring. Like the Chiefs have one of of, of uh, Mr. Hunt out front, Lamar Hunt. Uh, the the Bears have a beautiful statue of Walter Payton outside Soldier Field. Like Lombardi outside of of, of Green Bay of, of Lambeau. Like you couldn't be bothered. You just couldn't do it. Like just couldn't be a normal franchise for five seconds. And that is the tribute they made to. I, I will say this. I just was looking at this on Twitter. I can't verify this, but I saw a couple of people say that his uh, his daughter designed the statue. No, 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 no. There was a so there's there was a mural as well. Okay. Um, to my understanding, that the mural was done by the daughter, or designed oh. by the daughter. I don't know if she actually did it or it was designed by her and commissioned by somebody else. Like you, you. And by the way, let's let's even say for argument's sake that. That's like what the daughter wanted to do. So I thought, okay, look, if that's the case, hey, family wishes, cool. Maybe like go above and beyond and like give the guy an actual statue as well, like by one of the gates or something. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's like when they did it actually against the Chiefs, when they had that whole Jackson Mahomes kerfuffle when he was on the number and everything. And like, they just randomly threw that all together like a week before the game. They're like, oh, you're going to honor him at halftime. Like, it's just – anyway, okay, it's Chiefs podcast. I saw that day. Like, that is – that is so ridiculous. Like, I, they couldn't even be bothered. By the way, none of it matches. It's Nike. It's Adidas. It's like all – none of it makes any – like, it's just like, – you they can tell it. Ran, no looks like they ran to the team store. And they were like, oh, shit. And they, like, grabbed one of the mannequins and just threw yeah. some stuff on it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, it shouldn't be a surprise. This is a disaster, dumpster fire of an organization. Um, it has been for a number of years now. And, it's unbelievable. You know, like, it's yeah. impossible to put any less thought into everything that they do. 
Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I just wanted to, wanted to throw it in there quick because I saw that. It was just floored even by them. Like, it's quite a standard. If you think Washington sucks, like this video. Give us a thumbs up. <laughs> Um, it's cheap. We'll take it. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about the AFC playoff picture because we're getting into it now. As you always yeah. point out so smartly on this podcast, Vertoram, it's all about stacking wins until Thanksgiving. And that's sure. when it, things really start to get serious in the, in the NFL for these contenders. Well, the Chiefs have stacked as many wins as any other team in the NFL, more, more wins than any team in the AFC. They're in the, in the catbird seat, if you will, but they've got some. They've got some challengers, right? They, they, they don't have a margin of error here because they lost to the Bills, so they need to keep winning as long as Buffalo keeps winning. And then they've, you've got Miami, who is, is challenging Buffalo for, for, the, for the AFC East crown there at 8-3, and three, and they're looking, boy, they're looking really strong. I know they were playing the Texans today, but did what they should do and just uh, to a tongue of Iloa for all the crap he took in the offseason about, you know, he, he, he hasn't been good until this year, but he's been fantastic this right. year. Hasn't lost a game he started with them. Baltimore took a loss. Uh, sort of paint the picture for us. How do you see the AFC right now, Verderam, and what should we keep an eye on as the weeks roll on? So Baltimore losing is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Um, and, and by the way, Jess is asking, when would they announce if the Bengals game is flexed? They would have already had to do it. So that game is going to stay at 425, CBS protecting it. Um Look, Baltimore losing is a really big deal. Here's why. Baltimore has a very, very easy schedule. So tripping up there, now they are 7-4. and four, the Two games behind the Chiefs, and they, they don't play each other. So there's no head-to-head tiebreaker. So the next tiebreaker would be conference record. The Chiefs are a game better in the conference. And if they were to tie that, it goes to common opponent. Well, guess what Jacksonville is? It's common opponent. So that's a, that's a big loss by Baltimore. It's a very big loss. The Chiefs now have some breathing room with them. Um, the Titans are not going to catch the Chiefs. They're two back. They have a very hard schedule. The Chiefs are the breaker. So that's, at this point, this is going to be about the one or the two seed, I, I believe, for the Chiefs. I, I believe that's where this is headed. Um, because really, other than Cincinnati, the only other game of any difficulty is Seattle, who just lost to the Raiders at home. Um, I mean – and that's a non-conference game. So I think for the Chiefs now, it, it is now one or two seed-wise. And, and the thing to watch there is Miami and Buffalo are in a just an all-out brawl for that seed. Now, here's what's important. Those two teams right now are tied. The Dolphins won the first game between the two teams. Miami's about to embark on the hardest part of their schedule. Three-game road trip. Niners, Chargers, Bills. If the Dolphins even win one of those two games in California, they will hold the division on their racket going up to Buffalo. If they win that game, they're ahead of the Bills and they own the breaker for good. That game is probably going to determine who the Chiefs are fighting for with the one seed. Um, I think you're better off just rooting for Miami to lose one of these next two games because then it – it at least guarantees you you get some breathing room there. The Bills play at New England on Thursday night football. I I look at the Chiefs game against the Bengals, and I really believe it's for the number one seed in the conference. Because if they win that game, I don't think they're going to lose again. I mean, the Chiefs have Denver twice. I, my God, Denver today? Good God, man. I mean, just have some pride. Like, just laying down like dogs in Carolina. 
Their last five games. Houston, who is beyond done. I mean, Houston is on fire. They're so cooked. Denver twice. The Raiders, who give them credit for winning the last two weeks, they're going to be playing for nothing in week 18. And then Seattle at home. That's it. Like, if you beat the Bengals, you are going to be a double-digit favorite in every game the rest of the year. So, I think if you're the Chiefs, look, you'd love to see the Bills and the Dolphins each lose, like, one more time. And if that happens, all you got to do is not lose two more the rest of the way. I think the Chiefs should feel really good about it with the way the schedule shapes up. Who do you guys would prefer to play? Like, who would you guys want to play in a playoff scenario, Miami or Buffalo? Which team scares you more? Obviously, Buffalo, the Chiefs have had success. Okay. I'm I'm the same boat. I think Buffalo is still more talented than Miami, but you have to give Miami credit at some point. When do they overtake Buffalo? When they can play defense. When they play an ounce of defense. Because I think if the Chiefs played Miami, what I honestly think would happen, I think the Chiefs would score almost every time they had the football. I don't think Miami could stop them. Now, look, I give Tua all the respect in the world. He's played great this year. The Dolphins receivers, I mean, obviously very familiar with Tyreek and and Waddle's an excellent player too. The one thing about the Dolphins, though, that I also have a question about, are the Dolphins coming to Kansas City? Because what what does that look like if it's 15 degrees out? I have no idea what that looks like. I mean, two is a guy from Hawaii who played in Alabama and now plays in Miami. Like, that ain't Kansas City. Like, that stuff to me, some guys doesn't matter. Some guys, it matters. Some guys, they can't. Now, I will say this. I respect Miami. Miami could beat the Chiefs. If Miami plays their best game, they could be tough. But I also think on the other side of it, like, I don't know that Miami would stop. Buffalo can play defense. And Buffalo's played them a million times. I I also say this. If you're the number one seed, you only have to play one of them in all likelihood. You know, so get the number one seed and let them beat the hell out of each other. Is that true, though? I mean, if if the Chiefs get the number one seed and things go so so, if like things went right now, Buffalo would be the five seed, right? So the well, Chiefs are always going to get the lower seed. So there's a scenario, right, where the Chiefs could if they get yes. the one seed, they'd, they'd have yes. to play Buffalo and Miami. There's a scenario, but my point is, like, if you're the number one seed, you only have to play two teams. The odds say that you're not going to play them both. Is it possible? Right. Yes. It's also possible they play each other in the first round. Like, right. it's also possible that one of them ends up being the you know the two and the seven. I don't think it's going to happen. I will say this though: look, I believe in the Dolphins. The Dolphins could also lose these next three games. Like, I, I, the Dolphins have beaten a bunch of teams. Quite honestly, like the Texans stink, Lions stink, the Bears stink, the Browns stink. Like the Bills game, they won. They got out game by three hundred yards in that game. The Ravens game, they needed 28 points in the fourth quarter. It was a circus. Like, look, I think Miami's good. I don't think they're as good as Buffalo. And if I'm the Chiefs, give me the one seed, and you sit back on wild card weekend and watch those teams beat the shit out of each other for two days. And then you know what? Bring somebody in. You're on a bye. Like, if you can't win, then you can't win. You don't deserve to go to Super Bowl anyway. But that, that to me... The one seed is really important this year because you don't want any part of that wild card. There is no weak sister in the AFC. It's going to be hard, and you would rather play two than three. Yeah, I've, I've been wondering about that in my like. I've been thinking like it's crazy, but I was like, if the Chiefs got the two seed, 
Buffalo and Miami might take one. They take care of each other. Like one of them would knock the other one out. And you know, if Miami knocked, if Buffalo ended up with the one, and I was like, no, I don't want to play an extra game. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. But like, those are two formidable opponents that the Chiefs could have to go through. But there could be another scenario where if they were the two seed, they play like the Jets. It'd be like very much like last year, right, where they played the Steelers in the wild card round. They killed them. They play the Jets. They kill them, and then Miami knocks off Buffalo which is the one seed, and it's back AFC Championship oh, game at Arrowhead, and you only have to play one of those two oh, teams. Patrick Allen just smoking a pipe over here. Just, I, just, no. but, just but like, you, don't, you don't want that because, because as Verderam just so smartly pointed out, there, I mean, do you want to play the – do you really want to play the Titans with Ryan Tannehill after the way they played the Chiefs? Do you want to play the Bengals? Yeah. No, not really. That's the you seventh know? seed is, I believe, right now. Uh, yeah, Jets. Jets are the seven. Bengals are the six right now. Oh, they're six. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but man, like to me, you get that bye. I don't care. Like you get the bye week if you can do it. And also, too, like, look, I, I watch a lot of the Dolphins. The one thing I will say, and Dolphins fans freak out when anybody says this, but it's the truth. Tua has done a very good job executing of what he's been asked to do. But that offense, not coincidentally, considering where the head coach is from, is a lot like the Niners' offense. He is asked to do very little in terms of like going through reads and getting, and not because like like people always take this like, oh, you're saying he's dumb. No, 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 he's not dumb. But that offense is such, it's very much get the ball out of your hands, let guys make plays in space. Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, look at who you have on your team. The key, if they play Miami, you've got to you've got to disrupt that first read. You've got to make it so that he's got to sit in that. But their, their offensive line is not good. Like, that is where you start to cause a problem. If you, like, I'll tell you right now, if I were the Chiefs and I'd play them, I'd play them just how the Titans played the Chiefs. I'd get up on the line of scrimmage and go, I don't care. I'll take 10 holding calls in this game. I'm going to, it's going to be a wrestling match outside. Call it, call it every time. And I don't think there's any left hand because one thing about them, they're not a big team. I would, I would get into a wrestling match with Hill and Waddle that entire game. Do you think the Chiefs have the physical corners to keep up? Now, Joshua Williams, I think, is a big enough, physical enough guy uh, to disrupt some guys, right? Is Trent McDuffie, as great as he's been, or at least so far small sample size, what we think he's going to become, he is a smaller guy. Does that worry you at all with the physicality aspect? Worries me more against a team like Cincinnati. Yeah. Because these bigger body guys. Like, I'll tell you right now, next week, Williams and Watson, they better come with it. Because Chase with a month off, like he's going to come bring it now. Like you got it. That is one thing to, to kind of look ahead to next week. I'm going to lose my shit if the Chiefs jump in his own coverage against Cincinnati in this game and they're just backing up. Back, look, scared money don't win. Like get up on the line of scrimmage, get your hands into his chest and get after him. Like that is how you defend these guys. I used to love when the Chiefs had Breland, they would do it with Breland. Breland, it turned into like a cage match on the outside. He just, Hey, man, I may take two penalties, but you're about to have a bad day. Like, he would get into dudes, you physically just grab them, maul them, push them out. I, the Chiefs in this game, I don't care if they take two illegal contact penalties on first and 10. I don't care. I don't care. So what? You have to set a tone early that the officials start to move the bar. They grade it on a curve and go, well, it's a penalty, but like, what do you, you know, it's not that bad. You don't hit a guy all game, and then you hit him, then it's a penalty. Because now it's been like, well, you know, we've been calling it clean. You keep jamming a guy, jamming a guy, jamming a guy, six yards, seven yards, seven yards, eight yards. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, I can't call it every damn play. 
So, you know, I'm going to give him seven yards because he's taking seven yards. Like, it's kind of like in baseball, a guy keeps hitting the corner, right? And maybe it's a little bit off. But at some point, you hit that corner enough, it's like, all right, you know what, man? Hey, this third at bat you've had, bro. You know it's going there. Like, it's a strike. Greg Maddox was the best I ever saw it doing that. I pound the corner, pound. And like, I believe in that this weekend with the Chiefs. Look, Chase and, and all these other guys, your Higgins, get into them at the line of scrimmage. You give those guys free releases, it's good night, man. It is good. They were going to cook the Chiefs like nobody's business. Get into them. You're big. You're fast. Use that physicality, especially on first down. You know, I don't want to see it on third and 15. You don't have to take a penalty there. But, like, first and 10, who cares? Get into them. I take that five yards all day long. When we talk about the Dolphins, do you think that the Chiefs are a little bit uniquely – obviously, they had Tyreek Hill. And if anybody knows what has been effective at taking away Tyreek Hill or limiting Tyreek Hill in games, it would right. be the Chiefs. They've yep. seen it all. They've they've designed game plans to try to beat those things. Do they have an advantage? Should they run into Miami? That do you think that they've got something in their back pocket to kind of limit Hill? I mean, he also knows what they might do, right? So yeah. I, no, I don't. I don't think so because you know the hard thing is like you got to stop him, man. Like you got to have the guy. Like yeah, you know, it's like Hill could sit there all week, but man, look for this with Mahomes and look for that. And it's like yeah, it's cute. Until you're actually going to stop. <laughs> you know, it's like the old Tyson thing. Like, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. I think if you play Miami, look, it always comes down to the same. You know, you, you know, limit deep shots. You do all those kinds of things. But, again, I think right now for the Chiefs, look, it's one game at a time. you got to beat Cincinnati. That's the game you got to win. You win that game, you should be the number one seed. doesn't mean they will be. They could blow a game, whatever. But they should, they should win out if they beat Cincinnati. Yeah. So, go beat Cincinnati and then go from there. One thing I will say that I think behooves the Chiefs' defense when it goes up to teams like the Miami Dolphins, like the Cincinnati Bengals, the secondary has done a fine job of not giving up big plays. Now, that's come with the caveat of you're not trying to turn the ball over. If you look at the turnover differential for Kansas City this year, it's not ideal. They're not getting as many interceptions as you would like, but that, to me, comes from a fundamental standpoint of we're not going to get beat. We'll give you three, four yards. We're not going to give the big play. And I think that helps against teams like Cincinnati and Miami, especially against the Bengals, which we've seen over the past few seasons. Jamar Chase has crushed him deep. I don't think that happens this upcoming week. I have a question for you guys. One last thing on the AFC here. Do you think that Buffalo is not playing particularly well right now? Not like they were earlier in the season. They had a real scare there on the road in Detroit on Thanksgiving, a team that they, they should have rolled. Obviously, Josh Allen's dealing with an injury he's probably playing through some discomfort but you know they 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 lost to the jets and they lost to the vikings and they took care of cleveland and damn near lost to detroit their road the rest of the way they go at they go they've got two games against new england who plays really good defense plays disciplined football you know belichick right he he can sneak up on anybody they got a game against the jets who beat Buffalo earlier this year and now have a quarterback that maybe is somewhat competent, more competent than what they had. They still got to play Miami and they still have to go on the road to play the Bengals. Could we see, I'm not saying Buffalo is not going to make the playoffs, but could we see them take a little bit of a skid here down the stretch? Yeah. They're not careful. I mean, their schedule's hard. And 
I have said this for a month now. I mean, I'm going to continue to be too strong because I believe it. They have a problem with Allen. They're relying so much on him to just – I mean, they got away from it against Cleveland, and I praised him. I wrote a column about it. I was like, hey, man, look, that's – you know, they, they ran the ball with Cook and with Singletary, 86 yards apiece, season high for both guys. And they came back against Detroit four days later, and Cook had two yards rushing because <laughs> they just can't help it. They've got to just make Allen do every single thing because they're so terrified – that they've got to actually have a run game. And I like, I, I'm sure there are people on here that get annoyed with me because I'm always talking about balance and like, I don't care how great Mahomes at is. Like, you've got to have balance. Like, you have to have it. You have to be able to do that. It is going to catch up with you. And the other problem Buffalo has right now, and, and this might get rectified for the playoffs. Buffalo's beat the all hell defensively. They're missing a million guys. Like, if I'm knowing, I'll tell you right now, and, I, and they're going to do this. You can take this to the, to the house. They are going to line up in big personnel and they are going to run at them all night on Thursday night. I don't know if they're going to win, but that's, I guarantee you that's what's coming. They're going to line up and they're going to run it at them. And on defense, they're going to put those corners in man and they're going to roll up on the line of scrimmage. And Belichick is just going to tee off with Judon coming off the edge. And they're going to move him all over the place. Like, look, the Bills right now, if Allen doesn't have an unbelievable game, they lose. And against Detroit, he didn't have an unbelievable game for most of the day. They almost lost to Detroit. Dan Campbell, I don't know if he had a stroke the last drive, like what was happening with the time management. But, you know, they bailed out Buffalo. They gave him enough time for Allen to make one great throw, and it was a great throw, and the Bills got down there. But the Bills are not playing like a top-tier team right now. The Bills are very much playing like an average team. I think I think they will be fine. But it, they don't have the luxury of having a bad week or two right now. They'll be a wild card team. Yeah, and the other AFC contender that has an absolutely brutal schedule uh, down the stretch that the Bengals don't have it so easy either. No, um, yeah, they, they you know they've got to play the Chiefs. They, I mean, they got to play Buffalo. It's not going to be easy on them. They might have. They got the Chiefs, the Browns, who will have Deshaun Watson back. Who knows? He could be complete garbage. He looked awful in the preseason. hasn't played in like two years, but has still it's Deshaun Watson. If he, you know, returns to form, uh, then they go, they go, got to play at Tampa. No easy task, even though they lost to the Browns today. Then they got to play at new England. Then they play the bills and then they finish up against a Ravens team that might be trying to, you know, that could be for the division. So I mean, this is not an easy stretch for, for the defending uh, AFC champions. You like seeing the Kansas City Chiefs get their most difficult part of the schedule out of the way early. They got it done, and they're sitting right now number one in the AFC. I still can't get over it. I want to keep reiterating this. This was supposed to be a year for other teams in the AFC. This was supposed to be a retooling year for Kansas City. If there was ever going to be a year where other teams like Buffalo, like Miami, like the Bengals thought, you know what? This is our year. This should have been it. Sorry, y'all. It is not. Still well, runs through Kansas City. I, I will say quickly, let me tell you something. The last five games of the year, and let's let's take Seattle out of this because Seattle's actually playing something. So let's just talk about the two games with Denver, the game with Houston, the game with the Raiders. You're going to see a very, very acute, contagious case of fuck this-itis from these other four teams where they are just going to be like, oh, you know what? I got that hammy. It's been bothering me all year. Can't go tonight, boys. That's it. Like, you're going to see – I would be willing to bet with Denver especially. 
the amount of guys who are just like, no, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. You know what? I, as it turns out, you know, I, I pulled something in practice Friday and I'm not, I'm not feeling this game. Like, the Chiefs are going to have the ability, and this is what you get when you play a bad schedule at the end of the season. You're just going to play teams that are just not – they're not going to care. I mean, I, look, you're going to have some guys who certainly go out there and they're true pros. They're going to get everything they have. You're going to have business decision you out there from some of these teams. Yeah. That are just going to be – I'm not getting hurt with a week left in the season, man. I'm not getting hurt at 3-10. and 10. And I don't blame guys. I get it. Like, you got a new contract to get, you know, whatever it is. Like, you don't want to be rehabbing all offseason – you're going to have guys who, when the Chiefs have a third and two, and, the, and Pacheco's coming around then, who goes, oh, fuck this, man. <laughs> like, shove him out of bounds, let him get four, I don't care. Like, you watch film of teams that are real bad the last month of the year, there's a whole lot of guys who are just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not making that tackle. And that does benefit you, and there's no question about that. The Chiefs do have three straight road games coming up here. Uh, which is not that common in the NFL at Cincy. Then they go to at Denver when we're going to be in Kansas city for the live event. And then at Houston, they look, they could start Chad Henney and, and set sit Travis Kelsey for that game and still win by 20. Um, Denver's terrible, but they do have a good defense. So the Chiefs will just, you know, they'll need to just do the thing. Wilson might be a bottom five quarterback in the NFL. Good thing they didn't extend yeah. him to a long, massive contract, right, guys? <laughs> Isn't it just great? Isn't it great watching the AFC teams, the AFC West teams, throw money and like make trades and do everything they can to try to catch up to the Chiefs and get worse? I like, have nothing to add about Denver except here. I'd, I'd like to just yeah, we can we can maybe toss this here into the uh, the old chat. I, I know uh, our producer Richard's always on top of this stuff. So here here's here's what I have. I put this. I tweeted this out right pretty much at the end of the game. Um, about this is this is where Denver's at at this point. I I have nothing else to add. I don't know how else to put this. Um, <laughs> it's like, Marie Callender's fault. It, it, it's you're damn right, it's Marie Callender's fault. You know, Sharon Weiss is pissed about it. But uh, if you guys know this, then you die laughing because it's one of the funniest Twitter threads of all time. Um, but I, I mean, there it is. I mean, that's how that's <laughs> how totally. Denver is at this point. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, it it is legitimately like I wrote. I even wrote about this actually. I was like, "Why the hell is Denver favored in this game?" Like Denver was favored in Carolina. I'm like, why? Based off what? And Denver went out there and laid down like a dog and just got pummeled by Sam Darnold. Like it. I will go ahead and say this right now. And if I'm wrong, whatever, fine, come at me. Then I'll win another game this year. They suck. That team's not winning one more game. I don't even know they're playing. I know they got the Chiefs twice, obviously. They're, they don't win another game. They, they yeah. don't even you – know. by the way, I hope you're ready, though. Rams-Broncos on Christmas, baby. Buckle oh. on. Oh, God oh. almighty. Yeah. What's the over under 12? <laughs> I hope you're ready because here it comes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Christmas afternoon, baby. Oh, let's ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Broncos country. Going to do some high knees on the plane out to Inglewood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his own teammates are yelling at him on the sidelines like it's, it's, it's bad he didn't even look at him like he was yeah. just like they're <laughs> bopping along like it's it's incredible at it's, least drew lock on the sideline was cool like at least drew lock was out here giving you some some content and throwing bombs occasionally serious question 
are they better if Drew Locke had started the, the season for that? Like, if he had played the – whatever it is, what do they play? 10 games, 11 games now? Yes. 11 oh, games. 100%. Are they, are they better than 3-8 and eight if they have Drew Locke? Are they the 100%. Same? And not even that. The fact that Drew Locke will at least throw the ball, the games would be more exciting. To the contract alone makes the team better. For the long oh, haul, too. No question. But I'm even just, just this like season, playing yes. the games. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I would take Drew Locke right now over Russell Wilson, not even think about it. I think I actually would do. So is Russ cooked? More than that pie. He is Mr. Limited. <laughs> That's an insult to Limited. <laughs> Limited's like, what the hell, man? I mean, Sam Darnold, like not even ironically, like he outplayed him. Like Sam Darnold, like comically outplayed him today. Oh, dude, it's over, man. It's it's over. Like I... All these Broncos fans are like, if they just fire Hackett, bro, that is like the least of your problems going forward. He doesn't like he cares. In a running back who literally fumbled, what, five times in the red zone this year, and he wanted more carries, eventually Denver's like, yeah, I guess we got to let you go. Who was getting, what, 10 mil a season? I mean, it's just a comical amount of errors. The Broncos front office – it's it's wild, man. I just I mean, Seattle knew. Seattle knew. Like they oh, yeah. let him go and they're they're fighting for the division with Geno Smith. What is amazing, and I'll I'll, I'll digress here, but like you very rarely see a guy get traded out of somewhere, especially a guy the stature of Wilson. And the team that traded him out, whether it be the coach or the players, in this case it was both. We're more than happy to like take a crap ton of shots at him on the way out the door. Like you don't see that, man. You didn't see Matt Ryan. You didn't see anybody in Atlanta taking a bunch of shots at Matt Ryan. Like Carson Wentz, let's just say doesn't have the best reputation in the league. You didn't see a bunch of people think like Indianapolis, look, Ballard, it was it was essentially an all you could eat character assassination on the way out the door. I was at that presser in in the combine. But like you didn't hear players going after Carson Wentz afterward. Like you didn't hear players on the Colts coming out and just killing him in the media. You've heard, like, I mean, Seahawks players, former players have been lining up to be like, is it my turn? I'll go next. And then, bam, like, just killing him. It's been that, – that tells you a lot, man. When you got one guy after the next guy after the next – offense, defense, doesn't matter. Like, just hey, man, I'll tell you a story about why I hate him. And, just, I mean – and then you find out he's got an office at the stadium. And, like, <laughs> players can't get hold of him without going to his agent. Like it's Yeah, he's a weird dude. Bad, Keep in man. mind that the Broncos, aside from the huge contract that they gave Four Wilson. Years. Fun, guys. They traded two first-round picks, two yeah. second-round picks, mm-hmm. a fifth-round pick, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. And then they got a fourth-round pick. In Other than that, it was good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, this if he doesn't start playing better, right? Like if they don't like, let's say, if let's say that they for the rest of his time in Denver they don't make the playoffs, which seems like a based oh. on the season is, is a possibility, right? Yeah, that sounds like a good bet. Would, yeah. would this would this take the mantle as the worst trade in NFL history with the contract and what they gave up? Would this would this take over Reggie Bush? Not Reggie Bush. You're thinking of Herschel Walker. Herschel um, Walker. I'm sorry. Yeah. I 
I am going to eventually do a very deep dive with this where I talk to people in the league and like I get like former GMs on the record and stuff. I'm going to, I have to do this. It'll probably be in the offseason. I was actually just talking about this with my dad today because I was kind of workshopping this thing in my head. I, I don't even think it's close. Like, because as bad as that Walker trade was, that was at a different time in the NFL. Like, there were a lot more rounds in the draft. Um, they didn't. <laughs> They didn't give up the contract anywhere near it. Like the contract is what makes this the worst trade ever. Like the trade's bad enough. Like if there was no contract, it's still, it's still a ton of capital on stuff. But what really gets you is the contract. Oh my God. And then you've got to think like, let's say they fire hack, which they're gonna, right? I mean, at the end of the year or whatever, they fire them. Okay. Who the fuck is going there to coach that team? Who in their right mind is like, that's where I'd like to go. To coach him in a division with Mahomes. That's what I want to do. I want to be tied to Russell Wilson. I mean, why would you go there? Why in the world would you go coach there? I I honestly think of all the jobs that might come open at the end of the year, it is the least desirable job. By the way, Travis Kelsey has 11 touchdowns. Guess how many Russell Wilson has thrown for this year? Oh, my God. Is it even 10? Eight. Wow. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, we didn't talk a lot about Kelsey tonight, who just Kelsey now is 12 after today. So it's 12. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're Denver, are you are you taking a quarterback in this draft? You don't have a first round pick. Well, you do with Denver with Miami, but you don't have you don't have your own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to start thinking about it. The hilarity of that would be just awesome. You're not wrong. Like, it's not a – again, I, you might as well have been listening to my father and I. We were talking about this afternoon. He actually said that to me. He's like, would you do that? I said, I, I wouldn't only because they have so much other shit going on. But, but it's not crazy. You're not crazy for saying that. Like, that's not a wild thought. Like, let's say – and I and I am not in my draft mode yet. I have no idea. But, like, I know Bryce Young won't be there. I know Stroud won't be there. Let's say a kid who maybe is thought is, like, the fourth best quarterback is available to you. Would you do it? I mean, you have to. But then, like, what do you do, man? You're gonna sit him? Oh my god! I, <laughs> I would. The hilarity meter would be shattered by that situation. Like, I, I can't even imagine. He would be getting forty five million a year to sit there, and not for <laughs> one year, for three years before they could yeah. cut him. Like, oh you'd think that maybe, like, if Carson Wentz has taught me anything is that there's always another chump in the NFL who thinks oh, that, that like – that contract, there isn't, man. It, like, that's the thing, right? It's the contract. The contract. But, that's it. If he was on like one more year, some team would do it. It's contract, man. <laughs> no way in hell would a team give – first of all, here, you know what? I know we got to go anyway. Yeah, let's before I have it before I die also, let's, <laughs> let's close on this, okay? I'm giving you guys all I've got tonight. Um, so – Here's the situation. Next year is the last year before his extension kicks in. Now let that <laughs> go through your brain for a oh, second. God almighty. Next year is the last year before the extension starts. <laughs> so the cap hit is $22 million, which you're like, that's good. Yeah, here's the problem. If you trade him, his cap number, it's only $22 million. Like, that's pretty good. The dead money, $107 million. Okay. <laughs> 
I posit to say he's not going anywhere. Now, let's get into the extension. When he's 36 years old in 2024, and that bad boy's just starting to kick in. Cap numbers, 35.4. You're like, all right, still palatable, still not the big numbers. If you cut him or you trade him, you're eating $85 million that year. $85 million. 2025, he's now got two offices. He's got part ownership of the team. His cap number has risen to 55.4. At this point, everybody in the front office is chain smoking, drinking nonstop. People are picketing their own offices. Okay. If they cut him, they save 5.8, but 49.6 million in dead money. 2026. He's 38 years old. He's not retiring out of spite. He's coaching the team. He's also owning all the season tickets because ain't nobody else going to the game. Cap numbers, 58.4 million. The Broncos are like, thank Christ we can cut him and save 27.2 million. But fuck, 31.2 million on the hook. I mean, that it's unbelievable. Like, it's impossible. They are on the hook for him. If they cut him in 2026, they owe him 31.2, and the following year, 12.8, and the next year, 4.8. Congratulations. Wonderful trade. But at that point, by the way, he might just have a whole ring. Like, the ring of honor might just be named the Russell Wilson. Let's ride ring of honor. You just have a continuous of the Russell Wilson on a horse. And they just and it just goes around and around. Maybe you know, fuck it. The top of the stadium, they've got that that, that pony looking thing right at That's the top. Right. They can just attach him on top. <laughs> maybe they can slice off a little more dead money. They can restructure. It it is the most ridiculous contract in the history of the world, and I love every bit of it. No matter what, no matter how bad your life gets, no matter how sick <laughs> you get this winter, no matter what, just to remind yourself. <laughs> that you're not you're you're thankful that you're not a Denver Broncos fan because you're right that's incredible that that might be one of the best sequences in the history of this podcast <laughs> and it's all at the expense of the Denver Broncos yeah I'm dying of nothing left <laughs> just so you know this Just is like, like Russell Wilson yeah <laughs> except I actually did something before I had, I had nothing left this is this is like Verderam's flu game. It's like the Jordan game. He shows up in this podcast, a mundane game against the, a, a terrible Rams team, and delivers maybe the funniest five minutes in the history of the Arrowhead Attic podcast with like a hundred and two temperature coffin. Absolutely incredible! Like when when the when the when the when the people watching the show are actually telling our producers to make this into a YouTube short. Uh, <laughs> well done, Ver Rams. I, look, Thank we can't. I, we can't top that. We can't follow it up. We just got to get the hell out of here before uh, before people start unsubscribing. Um, <laughs> somebody says this will go viral. I mean, we we really need to put that out. I literally right? am viral at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely uh, incredible. Yeah, the Nyquil kicked in and Verderam just went to a whole. That we have. If you if you're interested in becoming part of the community, we have at Arrowhead Attic. 
Check out the link in the description. We've got a private Discord. We hang out. We have a community <laughs> events, fantasy football league. There's a hilarious. Um, there's emojis that you can use of all of us, but there's a Verderam one with like the 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 the, the red eyes, like the evil Verderam. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, best Verderant ever. Uh, we'd love to get to know some of you. Whether that's you know you become a member, check out the link in the description, or you come out to Kansas City to Tanner's on December 11th, where we're going to do this live. Uh, it's going to be an absolute blast. Matt Connor's going to be there, myself, Verderam. We're shipping a bunch of swag and shit to Sterling's house. He's going to have to park out in the street because we're going to fill up his garage. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, we hope to see you there. Go to arrowheadaddict.com/events or check out the link in the description. RSVP over at Eventbrite. Um, we're going to get out of here. We'll see you this week. We got a Tuesday show. We got a Wednesday show. We'll preview Chiefs Bengals on Thursday with me and Verderam. It's going to be a great week. Um, we're thankful for all of you. We hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast. You're the absolute best. For Sterling Holmes, for Matt Verderam, for Adam Best, who's out at Arrowhead celebrating, for Matt Connor, who's throwing up posts like crazy on arrowheadedic.com. My name is Patrick Allen. We will see you guys next week. But until then, go Chiefs. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.